you have ultimate jurisdiction over your life. It is you who decides whether you live your life as a sovereign being or as a vassal to the institutions or the state or the societal paradigm. The choice is ultimately yours. I'm going to read a, a tiny passage from this book which is the Tao of Pooh. Uh, and a lot of my influences and philosophies and ideas uh, come from the ideology, to use that word, of Taoism and the knowledge that everything in the world is always in constant dynamic flux. There is a good, bad, light, dark, up, down, yin, yang. But this passage from this book, The Tao of Pooh, written by Benjamin Hoff, is an introduction to Taoism from the viewpoint of Winnie the Pooh and Winnie the Pooh has so many poles of wisdom that one would do well to read and listen to them. Anyway, I'll read you this one and leave it. Rabbit's clever, said Pooh thoughtfully. Yes, said Piglet. Rabbit's clever. And he has a brain. Yes, said Piglet. Rabbit has a brain. There was a long silence. I suppose, said Pooh, that that's why he never understands anything. I've been in your like Telegram group for, for, for a while and like watching the content you've been putting out there. And um, yeah, it's really good, man. Like I, I love your um, kind of attitude and philosophy and, and everything like that. I think that you've got like, just a really good kind of approach to everything where, you know, you're, you're not too, too in the, in the thick of it. There seems to be a kind of nice, uh, healthy distance between like everything going on in the world and then your reaction to it. Would you, would you agree with that as a, to summarize it? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a good shout, Johnny. Um, and, and just to go back on, on the first question that you asked, I have listened to a couple of the episodes. Um, I, I just listened actually to the, the most recent one that you did with Yuri. Uh, just to kind of get of a actually a bit a bit for myself to get a, a bit of a feeling of what I was uh, getting myself into, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's so, so I've listened to a couple, but um, I I do remember seeing uh, the announcement that you were going to start doing it, and I, and I and I do remember when I first saw that announcement, I thought, oh yeah, that that's a great idea. That's you know that's exactly what we need. We need to be staying free now more than ever so so yeah man i've i've not listened to them all i will get around to it eventually but um you know i try and distance myself from the tech to a certain extent as much as i can as much as is practicable and uh and yeah but the, but back to the the point in question like the 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 my position in the middle of it it it's interesting that you say that because like I, i'm a i'm a big I've been heavily influenced by the philosophy of Taoism. So the kind of the Lao Tzu stuff, you know, a bit of, a bit of Zen in there as well. And, and the whole idea that there's a constant balance in life. So there's always a good and a bad, a light and a dark and a yin and a yang and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I, and I just believe that everything has this, this constant uh, dynamic where it's always moving and you're always in the middle. You never really, but, but back, back beyond that more practicable, like 10 years ago, I thought the world was ending, you know, like when, when the financial crash happened, like it was, oh my God, you know, this is it, this is, this is it. How can anyone not see that this is a complete sham? So I, and I see the pattern. I see myself now in people's reactions now, like I see how I reacted back then. I was like, oh God, the world is going to end. 
and you, you, you go into this flight mode or maybe it's the fight mode. It's one of those two things, right? I'm going to fight against this. I'm going to rage against this system or you just kind of back away from it. So I kind of went through that a long time ago. And I think that's allowed me to come a little bit full circle and, and sort of look at this as, all right, the world might be ending, but it was supposed to end 10 years ago. So let's just, you know, be, be practical about what we're doing. Like, you know, this is not a new thing, like nothing new under the sun. Like it's, it's, it's not new, you know, like dynasties have come and gone, empires have risen and fallen. So it's not new. It's just that it's new to us our experiences of it are new. So I think that gives me that little bit of a outside perspective. Yeah, actually, I was just listening to your appearance on um, Rick Munn oh, right, on yeah. the uh, TNT radio. So yeah, it's interesting you say that because I didn't realize that you had kind of started on this this journey back in, I think it was 2008 or around there. I mean, obviously, I kind of know you from you know quite recently, everything going on um, with COVID, but I don't know much of your history before then, and I imagine that a lot of other people don't either. So do you mind maybe starting there with your kind of the history of um, the, the history of how you kind of became this um, advocate for kind of self-sovereignty and for kind of, I guess, you know, stoicism and, and Taoism and that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it, I'll, I'll summarize it. I'll, I'll not go into too much of it, but you could say that the inflection point, the catalyst was the financial crash. Like I, I was, a, when I, when I was growing up, you know, you go back when I, when I grew up, I wanted to be a famous businessman. I wanted to be knighted for services to business and all this kind of stuff. And then the 2008 thing happened. And all of a sudden that, that reality, that, that system that you believed in, just wasn't there because you, I could see right through that um, from experience where loans and finance was on the table. And then all of a sudden overnight it was gone, but it, it just affected me individually. And I, and I could see around all of these banks and banksters weren't being affected by it. And I think, well, hang on, that that's not right. What makes them different to me? How, how can they get through this and, and not suffer the same that I'm suffering. So I think that was the, the real catalyst because I, I believe that people always ask, ask this question, why can you see what others can't see? Why can you see it and no one else can? And I have this idea that it comes down to trauma or an expectation has been shattered. Like you have been built up to expect a certain exchange from society. And once that exchange falls through, you suddenly realize that perhaps your perception of society was wrong. And that gives you that traumatic experience, what allows you to then step back and um, see things a little bit differently. And, 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 and I've spoken to a lot of people over the last two years and almost without question, everyone has experienced something that has made them question the paradigm. Like it's like a shocker, a divorce, a, a, a job loss, um, you know, something, some big traumatic thing that's just snapped people out of, out of the system, I guess. So that was my snap out moment. But before then, I mean, I always could never understand why I had to pay someone else for gas. <laughs> why, why do I have to pay someone else for electricity? Why, what's, what's the deal there? And, uh, so I guess that always, that that's it from a very, very young, young age, you know, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I can definitely recommend if you are going to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. There's one I did with a guy called Joel Joel Rafidi, 
And um, he was talking about the idea that he thinks that everything that's happened now, it sounds similar to what you're talking about in terms of it happening in 2008, but he was basically saying, you know, like we, we're kind of having this kind of collective event, which is essentially kind of waking everyone up. And it's like, we've all been in this slumber and that actually, you know, you can kind of see this two ways. You can either just kind of get drowned by the whole thing, or you can see this as your kind of like opportunity to evolve and to kind of, you know, um, have this experience of, the kind of wool being pulled from your eyes in a sense, and then kind of, um, you know, going from there and, and, and evolving through it and growing, growing as an individual. And he called it the, a kind of, I think he called it like a rite of passage, you know, like the, this whole COVID thing. And it sounds like what you had in 2008. I mean, I, I think at that point in 2008, I was, I was not really kind of, you know, I wasn't working. I think at that point it was before I was even at, at university or, or maybe I'd yeah, I think I was before I was in university. So, uh, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't in a position to really have that kind of reckoning. Um, but, you know, I guess that there's other people like yourself who have had that and have taken that lesson on board and gone, ah, okay, like I've had this big reckoning. I've learned something about the world and now I'm going to kind of take this forward. And it, it's, it's an interesting paradigm in a way that people who have had that have been able to kind of carry that knowledge through. It's almost like the people who have gone through that in 2008 can be like, ah, okay, um, you know, now I can help guide people in a, in a sense through the next one you know when there's other people kind of losing their head, heads now there's people like you out there who are kind of just you know gently bringing people around saying you know it's going to be okay like you know this has happened before everyone thought that the world was going to end before but but it didn't end right yeah uh, that, that's exactly it I'll, I'll have a i'll have a listen to those episodes um uh, but but that that is it i mean we are at this this juncture in 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 time and experience where we seem to have this opportunity before us to kind of lift the veil on it all. Um, and depending on how deep you want to go into that, like, you know, is it is it just the surface level, like the banking system, the way we employ ourselves, the education system, or is there something far, far deeper and spiritual taking place astrologically, like in, in, in the whole mechanics of our universe, is there something deeper taking place? And And, and I do think personally that there is something deeper taking place and, and and it happens every few hundred years or whatever it is however you you go down it and it's like a come on guys like if, if the if the people above are playing the, the you know the, the chessboard or whatever moving the pieces around let's just say or even if it's god let's just speak in black and white terms if he's there and he said how oh, guys you gotta wake up now come on snap out of it this is it this is your moment take some self-responsibility and and it's almost like everyone's been given that chance on a very deep level to, to to accept that and answer that call. But what I think makes this different, and I, I, I said this um, just a couple of days ago on, on Twitter, like I think what's different and nothing's different, but what might, what they think, and when I say they, I mean the people who believe they're pulling the strings. What I think they think makes this different is that they are giving you the choice to plug yourself into an AI system. And I don't know if, if, if we've had we've we've had that level of control before so it's like systems rise and fall that happens through you know forever as, as far as it goes back but this time it's like they want everyone hooked into this thing that's totally not real even though what we have might not be real anyway but but like it's it it's almost like plugging consciousness into this ai thing and I, and I, and i think they believe that's the change they're creating but it is giving us and when I say us, I think those people who have had traumatic experiences or can see this for what it is, it's given us a chance to actually turn our backs on it, turn our cheek on it, as you would read in the Bible. Not that I'm a religious person. I'm not. I want to get that out there and say, look, I come from this, from a 
completely non-religious perspective. However, I can't fail to appreciate there must be a greater dynamic taking place. There must be, like, if 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 they do worship Satan or Satan or however, and they're doing all this stuff, then that can't be the only idol to worship. There has to be other ones. So, but but we we've just we've 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 buried that knowledge, and we only say, oh shit, it's the Satan worshippers, it's the sacrifice, it's the ch- it's 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 always the dark, they're throwing the dark at you. And like people seem to fail to recognize, well, okay, but if that's there, then there must be another side of it. So why can't I do that? And 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 I believe that we all are the opposite to what they're doing. And I say we as in me and you right here on this chat, but the wider people who might be listening to this. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I mean, I I'd not thought of it kind of um in that way before, but definitely throughout this whole process, I've kind of felt, you know. I wasn't religious before, and, and I was—I still probably would say that I'm not particularly religious compared to someone who who would kind of describe himself that way. But that, but I definitely do sense that there is a. I guess I get the feeling when I'm looking at kind of religious texts and stuff, and you know, Rick Rick Munn's a good example of this because he's 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 kind of pushing the the religious angle a bit more, and you know, sometimes he kind of quotes um, passages from uh, from you know the Bible and things like that. And I really do feel like it resonates with me in a way that it never has before. You know, just this kind of concept of, it's almost like there are these metaphors imbued in some of um, what the Bible talks about that you can just kind of recognize. You know, just for instance, the the worshiping of false idols and stuff. And you see the the way that people are trying to become God, play God, you know, trying to, to kind of... Um, take the the human and turn it into some kind of ai or to or to modify you know um modify dna and stuff not that i'm saying that for instance that the vaccine you know does that specifically but there is this kind of you know you hear these people talk a lot you know at the world economic forum and stuff that they want to kind of upgrade the human in their own image and stuff and it it kind of just resonates with a lot of what i have um read in the bible even things like the uh, you know the, the mark of the beasts and stuff and i'm like Okay, you know they're, they're talking about in the Bible the mark of the beast, and then in the um, throughout what we've seen recently, there's a lot of talk about cashless society, and you know you won't be able to spend without having the chip implanted in you and stuff. And you know there's genuinely people trying to push this, and sometimes I'm like, you know, is 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 life imitating? You know, I don't necessarily want to call the Bible art, but is is life imitating art, or is or is there, is it just complete coincidence? Are we just seeing patterns, you know? But there, there definitely does seem to be um, truth to some of these religious texts. I mean, you know, I don't know necessarily how far to take that, but I, I definitely give them more respect and kind of, uh, yeah, more credibility in my own mind than I, I definitely ever had before. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of come from a, a similar perspective on it. Uh, but I think the, the the one thing that really sticks out for me is, the, is this idea of of the apocalypse and, and, and the etymology behind that word being, you know, from the, the unveiling, like the, the lifting of the veil. Yeah. Christianity is not, it's not exclusive. You know, there's, there's, as I say, I come from a, a ideological and philosophical side of, of, of Taoism, which looks at things in a completely different perspective. So there's different religious texts, different doctrines that you might refer to, but almost all of them seem to have some inclusion of a, of a, of a, of a turning, a great turning, you know, even the astrological cycles, you know, the, the, the yoga talk of different, uh, different times, you know, different, 
so I do, I do think it's, it's like it's the end of an empire. It's the end of a dynasty. It's, it's a time of change. It's like, this is it. Like, hello, welcome to the new world. It's not their new world. You just need to make it your new world. It's, it's like, this is it. That system is done. We all know that. And we're now fighting, I think, on a spiritual level for what this new world might look like. I totally agree. I mean, we, we hear about some of these, uh, you just see with some of the things that are being said on, on the TV or in the news, and it's just so distanced from reality now. I mean, these institutions are, are kind of beyond um, repair in terms of they, they've already kind of discredited themselves so much with with where it's gone. And not even just on a kind of level of, I guess, facts and information, but also kind of more on a spiritual level. You know, when you see um, some of these organizations that are trying to put masks on kids and trying to give vaccines to to, to children who are, you know, five years old, et cetera, for, for a disease, which, you know, essentially doesn't affect them. I mean, it, it's kind of just so spiritually devoid that I think that there's no redemption even on that angle. You know, obviously there's no redemption from a kind of factual angle, but just on a spiritual, from a spiritual perspective, it's almost like the, the consciousness of the world is moving in a new direction and not for everyone obviously there are some people who have been kind of pulled in by that darkness right who have just been you know they've been pulled in by the fear it's worked you know and they've you know some of them i don't know whether they'll actually come back obviously i hope that they will but in terms of the people who have a positive view of the future we're kind of all on some you know we're kind of all in the same area and think about things in somewhat a similar way and i i always just think like the power of positivity the people who actually have a positive view of the future are going to win. We don't need to necessarily be like a majority. It's not like we have to have, you know, 51% of people have this positive vision and, and want to kind of, um, you know, move past this and be free and be sovereign, etc. We just need, because that energy itself is actually more powerful than the, the kind of negative energy and the dark energy. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would. And, and, you know, that great saying, thoughts become things. And if, if your airwaves are completely bombarded by the negative stuff, it's like when you see people sharing the the cashless society, all of the the, the child-related things, the explosions underground and all of that kind of stuff that you can just get lost in. Like you, you spend the rest of the night like distraught because you're thinking about this really bad, dark thought and you're not actually putting any of that sacred thing that you have, which is energy, into, all right, I know that's happening. But what can I do about it? What what can I do for me and my family? And, and and going back to what you've just said there, how you perceive what you can do in that situation changes your real life circumstances. Is, is, it, is it Henry Ford that said there's two kinds of people in the world? Those I think they can and those I think they can't. And they're both right. It's it that it's kind of like where we are. I, I feel I really feel like that. Um they're done for me they're done this whole thing is done and they're, they're desperately clinging onto it and they're going to try and use force to ram it down everyone's throat but it's up to us unfortunately who have been educated for at least one generation to put faith in this thing that they've created this system we have to find a way to step back from that lead by example so that other people see what we do and then want to be part of what we create. But most importantly, we have to do that for the next generation because we have to educate the next generation out of the AI. You know, we have to pull them back out of the black goo. And, and that's kind of our job. It, it's, it's like, I don't know if it's your job, but it, 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 I mean, we're here, we're talking, we're having this conversation. So it must be, you must be part of this whole 
light spell. Do you know what I mean? Let's just say. So it's it. If it weren't for us, mate, we'd all be plugged in. So that's one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to go back a little bit to to your own story because it's definitely an interesting one. Um, what happened after two thousand eight? Then, so you you had this um, kind of reckoning in your in your life where you you realised that things weren't as they seemed and that you know think that the, the kind of the the chessboard was rigged essentially and all of this stuff. So I just uh, I'm interested to know a bit of the story of how you got there from there to where you are now with you know kind of. Um, living a much more sovereign life and you know kind of i know you've got this uh this this website born bright which i definitely want to want to go into as well yeah but just going back to 2008 what was that what was that journey like for you um lonely and isolating even though i was surrounded by family and people that loved me the separation that i experienced from the paradigm or the prevailing society was so great and i don't know if like it's, i'm using this as the moment of the moment of kind of separation but really it was probably fester in a way or, that's not the right word but it was simmering away beneath the surface prior to that so but what actually happened was in that time there was just a huge separation from society and i think right okay so so what now is the point of me working to do this or to 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 build something um to pay for gas and electric council taxes like you go through that well okay what what's the point if it's all just there to shaft me why am i doing it but what happens in that moment or what happened to me say i've got a family and i had a family at that moment in time what happened for me at that at that point was i kind of separated from the family not separated because i still have the family but i was very lonely in that family setting and i it like this is why i say thoughts become things because it's almost like at that point i didn't want to be part of anything i don't want to be part of your shit i do not want to be part of the shit you're shoving down my throat and therefore i didn't i just kind of I gave up all work pretty much. I gave up all like the, the usual things that you do in, in, in society, you know, and, and, and just kind of got lost, went wandering for a bit, even though I didn't really travel anywhere, but it, in, it was just, yeah, your soul goes missing. So my soul went missing for about five years after that point, because I didn't know what the hell I was thinking. Look at all the, like, like the, and you, you might relate to this now when you look around and you see everyone wearing a mask in the daylight and you think, and you're looking at them and think, what the, what, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? And, and you, you can't reconcile why they're still doing that when you can see clear as day that it's just pointless like what what are they doing so it, it's that kind of separation so when you, it's and you'll hear it now like some people will say but i don't want anything to do with those people who've taken the vaccine if they've taken the vaccine that's their choice it's on them and it is it is their choice but we have that separation like it's like and you just step back from it and you feel yourself i've said this many times as well you feel like you're in a different dimension like you are living a parallel existence to these people who were so bought in to to whatever the latest thing is so 2008 that's kind of what happened to me and for the five years after that i went and read taoism i read books on self-sufficiency i read books on growing i read books on energy and i knew if i invested time in those things that this sounds weird that this moment would come it was like it was almost like 
doing that was the best way for me to invest in myself and my personal circumstances, having that gut feeling intuition that this shit was going to come home at some point. So, and that's really what, so I spent five years doing all of that stuff, but to the complete annoyance of my family who just thought that I was some crazy nutcase job who didn't want a good job, didn't want a pension, didn't want to buy five bite-lets and have passive income renting a house out and stuff. It was like, what's he doing? Like, he's just sitting in the garden reading books. And it was kind of, and it was, and, and so that's kind of what happened. So, so what I'm saying is that was really good for personal development. But in terms of the family, man, it just like, like I say, you live in a family, but you become isolated and lonely. And, and, and I, I was just the, the harbinger of doom and gloom, like, oh, you're full of negativity. It's all you talk about. And, 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 and that was really it like for five years. And, and then five years goes in and I think, well, actually, you know, what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to get some money and pay the mortgage or my son wants to buy this or that. I'm going to actually have to earn something and help them do it. So then you get back on the treadmill and, and you, you get into employment and you do all this other stuff um as society demands because at this point i'm thinking well i'm certain that this has all fallen down why is it not fallen down yet maybe i am wrong maybe i am crazy like what everyone says i am so therefore i should go and get a pointless job and pay taxes for the rest of my life and that's kind of where i was between then and 2019 like november 2019 like straight away like this is like, I can see exactly where this is going. And the funny thing was, I wouldn't have said anything. I wouldn't have said anything publicly about any of it until my wife approached me completely out of the blue and, and shared something with me and said, what do you think of this? And it was something she'd seen on Facebook. And it was somebody saying that it might be a scam or it might not be real. And this is after me, like for seven, eight years saying, look, you've got to be careful what you're reading and being like totally told you're just a doom monger. Then I didn't say anything else. I stopped all of those conversations with anyone and I, I became withdrawn. And then out of the blue, 2019 or 2020, my wife sees something else on Facebook from someone else she trusts, so a friend or something. And then she then asks me, what do you think of this? And then all of a sudden it's like, hang on, like it, it, it comes full circle. And then she asks something else and then someone else asks and and, and, and you kind of start to, I mean, I said this to friends, like it, it just all fell into place at that moment for me, because I, it was almost like I was expecting this. And now all of those feelings that I had 10 years ago were being somewhat vindicated and I wasn't the crazy guy sitting in the garden. It's like, it, and, and, and I think that's why I've had this balanced view because I've been right down that rabbit hole and I've ran as far as I could away from everything. And I've come back and I feel a little bit more level-headed and I think people can kind of hopefully take some hope or solace from that idea that, okay, things might be bad, but you know, it's not the end. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it, it's, it's almost like you, you were expecting maybe for all this time and, you know, while it was kind of a, a lonely path, you were expecting, when, when am I going to be vindicated? Because, you know, life seems to have kind of peddled on as normal. And then this thing kind of came in um you know this COVID-19 era and all of a sudden it was like ah this is this has kind of vindicated my suspicions in, in a way there's, there's actually a, a book I'm not sure if you're it's kind of a short story I'm not sure if you're familiar with it it's called The Remnant have you ever heard of it no maybe I don't know I'll say no the concept is they're kind of a prophet who is out there speaking speaking this truth and, and no one will listen to him and the whole kind of point of the story is 
he doesn't try to get the um, the masses to hear his word, to hear his story. It's like he just, people gravitate towards him who are the right people to hear it at that time. And he doesn't try to push it. But the, the kind of concept is that the remnant is is a, is a word for like the people who that they eventually kind of come to the truth, but they're not brought there by force or by people, you know, kind of um, going out and, and, and screaming down, some, down someone's throats. But uh, sometimes, you know, it's a very, very lonely road to get there because you're the only one who's thinking it. And I think everyone's felt this in to some degree through this process. And I, I know I have, and I know other people I've spoken to have, is that quite often you're you don't know why, but you're the only person in your family or, or your group of friends that that feel that feels this. I mean, for me, I had maybe like one other kind of in real life, you know, outside of Twitter friend who was kind of on the same page as me. But most of my, you know, my friends and family, they they just didn't get where I was coming from, you know. And it, I felt like I kind of walked this lonely road for like the best part of two years. And the first time where I actually felt like people are starting to realize that maybe I was onto something was like when they kind of brought out the booster, which I thought was a big red pill moment for a lot of people who hadn't already been red pilled by a lot of the nonsense. That was the the red pill moment for kind of that maybe, yeah, not, not the majority perhaps, but like a big chunk of people, uh, I think were, you know, had, had the wool, the wool, uh, pulled from their eyes at that moment. Um, and I think a lot of other people have sensed this, you know, not, not just, um, myself, but I think a lot of people have sensed that they've been, the only person walking that road for a long time. Um, but actually, you know, what else can we do except for be in service of the truth, right? I mean, there's no point. I mean, it's going to eat away at your soul if you just say, oh, okay, like, um, I'm just going to kind of go along and and just pretend that this is all normal. I'm just going to kind of put my mask on and take my vaccine and everything because, you know, that's what everyone else is doing. That, that will kind of corrupt your soul. So it's like, even though, and this is what I keep reminding myself even though sometimes it is hard and it has been hard to, to be the only person or feel like I'm the only person who's sane in an insane world is to kind of be like well what's the alternative the alternative is that you is that you corrupt your soul by um not being in service of truth and not speaking the truth and not living the truth because that that ultimately is worse than any pain or discomfort that, that can come from being in service of the truth yeah, I, I, I think that's spot on. Uh, the, the the great essay in, I mean, the remnant story that that, that I'll just just touch back on that, and that is so true in in the real world as well. Because you'll know this yourself when when you first realise this was a sham, and then you try and tell someone, you're instantly met with huge resistance. Like there's no way past that wall of resistance because you're trying to you're trying to preach your truth to someone who's just not ready to listen to it. So, yeah. but then eventually, like in the story, people do ask you a question. Like we've got relatives and friends now asking questions that they would never have dreamed of asking us two years ago. But because they kind of know where you stand to a certain extent, it's okay for you to be the punch bag for their thoughts that are simmering away behind the scenes like they don't want those thoughts they know you've already had them and and it's like you become that little voice that little beacon really like well i can ask him because he's not gonna he's not gonna think i'm crazy if i ask him because he's already crazy and it, so it does it, it's funny but the more you shout about it mm -hmm. the, definitely the more resistance you get like it, it, you know like the it, it, it's yeah just to piggyback off that point, um, you know, going back to what we were saying about the kind of religious subtext of a lot of what we're seeing, 
you know, this, this kind of reminds me as well of the, the, this, this story, I guess, you know, probably the most famous story in the Bible is like the crucifixion of Jesus and how Jesus had to kind of suffer for, for the sins of everyone else. You know, it was like he died for the sins of other people. And this is something that I never quite understood. And I remember hearing, I don't know who it was, but there was someone who talked about this story and they were saying, oh, you know, like what an awful religion this must be because it, you know, it, it kind of, pushes or promotes the idea that you should suffer from the sins of others like this is you know this is an awful concept but i i feel like there's an understanding through this period um which i've come to of this story which is that that's almost like a metaphor for the idea that sometimes we have to suffer for a long time without necessarily knowing when the end is going to come for that suffering even though you feel you're being the people that you're suffering for are kind of punishing you, right? It's like when I, just to, to give a really, really small example of this, it's like if you don't want to put the mask on because you don't want to be a kind of conduit for this fear, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to um, be a conduit for it. And the people who are, who you're doing it for, they're, many of them, they're all out and they're wearing masks and they're putting masks on their children, etc. And sometimes it's like, who am I doing this for? But even though the people who you might be living that life for, the people that you might be suffering for might not thank you for it. It, it doesn't really matter if they thank you for it because eventually given enough time, they might come around to your cause. And, you know, in, in, in the in the case of Jesus, just to, to go back to how that is an example of this, is in Jesus's case, you know, he was kind of um, considered to be blasphemous, et cetera. And it, and it was only through um, through time, like over enough time that suddenly it was like, ah, oh, okay, well, you know, this person, you know, spoke the truth, et cetera. And it's almost like you can't really think about anything other than, you can't think about, well, are these people going to thank me for it? Am I going to be vindicated in the long run? You, you might never be vindicated in your lifetime, right? But as, but as long as you are kind of um, being in service of what you perceive to be the truth, like you're on the right path, right? You know, it's going to be a hard path at many times, but it's the only path, I guess. Yeah, I think that touches on on, on two really, like it, it makes so much sense because going back to the idea of the, the, the essay, that Self-Reliance by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson and that idea that you should always be your man. You need, like, what's the point of compromising on who you are? to please other people yeah even if your opinion changes um you might wear a mask one day but in a couple of months time you might realize it's a sham and you take that mask off the point of the whole story is don't hold on to ideologies or philosophies that no longer um that no longer represent who you are as a person that, that ultimately when you break it all down that is the only true way to live your life because it's your life, like it's your experience, your time here. You should not be afraid to say what needs to be said and do and act in ways that are complementary of your spirit. And 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 that, that takes us nicely onto this idea that for me, where all of this is, it, it it's the jurisdiction of man. We, we've lost our place in the hierarchy of things because we've given away all of our responsibility to these institutions that we somehow for some reason have some faith in or we're supposed to have some faith in when in actual fact whether it is chaotic energy we sprang into existence because of big bang in a void chaotic energy created us or divine consciousness created us it doesn't matter like 
you are the direct product of that event. And there is no third party interloper between that relationship between you and your maker. But for some reason, we're all nuts and we think that the queen or the council or the bailiff or some random private company who's going to come and collect a TV license has some kind of authority over who you are. Like what happened? Where did we go wrong? And and this is, this is what I mean about this opportunity. This lifting of the veil right now is showing and revealing all of this to be true for those of them, for those people like the remnant who are ready to see it. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really, a really good summary. Uh, actually that kind of brings me to your website. I'm just going to, um, read the description here and then it'd be good to just kind of talk about this project for yours um born bright so the description says build your self-sufficient life and live meaningfully join our self-sufficient community and find friends learn practical skills and discover how you can protect your family by living a more self-sufficient lifestyle so this kind of goes to the point that you were just mentioning in terms of kind of getting rid of these third parties and you know being more um intentional and direct in the way you live your live your life so i guess my my question would be for you personally, how do you live in line with those values? What's changed for you, I guess, since 2008 when you went on this journey? And uh, what are you now teaching others through Bombright? Yeah, well, I think the first the first lesson that I learned was you can't rely on anyone else for your income, for your, for your means of employment. Um, you have to take care of that, like the, the foundation to your ability to become self-sufficient or not is you just can't rely. You can't have that dependence on other people. So whatever skill you've got, a tradie, um, office work, whatever you've done, every single person has, has skills that they don't realize they have. And this is a real scary thought because you then get into the argument of that entrepreneurialist, that, that's a horrible word, but that idea that I want to do something for myself um mentality you know some people might just not be made that way and but i think it's it is key to understand where your jurisdiction starts and ends really it's like you have to look after yourself because if you don't take care of that then you're always going to be dependent on someone else and as long as you're dependent i mean that's what this whole thing is isn't it it's the only reason any of this has any authority is because we're dependent on elements of it for our everyday existence. So, so without that independence, you will always have to rely on them for something. And, and I think that that's everyone's journey that they need to take on their own. But for me, it was, okay, I need to do something. I need to earn some money, preferably that I don't declare <laughs> that is, you know, someone coming to buy something from for cash, um, at the door, uh, whether it's cryptocurrency, which is a, a more current thing now. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to take care of that. And, and that's kind of where I, so the, the journey starts there. So after 2008, right, what can I do now for myself? And I've tried to stick. Um, I've tried to be, I don't want to use the word self-employed because legally that puts me under the jurisdiction of HMRC because I'm self-declaring that I am self-employed. It's like self-declaration. You you declare everything yourself. Like it's it's nuts. It's the greatest con ever. It, you just tell them everything about yourself and yeah, okay, thanks. It's like confession, your witness statements. It, it's all on you. So anyway, but but yes, so the point is try and take care of that somehow. And I think that is 
the number one thing that I did. And 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 what I've learned is you you can't teach that people. Some people just don't have that energy, that that drive, or maybe they just don't know how. Um, so so that's like a barrier to overcome but aside from that i mean the food thing it's massive like food growing your own food um at least not being as dependent on popping to the supermarket every week like take some responsibility come on have a pantry have some tins do something that at least insulates you from a shock um so that's that's mainly what my experience is it's in 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 self-employment and i don't want to use that word but yeah that's what it is um and growing my own food doing some energy i'm putting some um a wood burning stove in i've just built a log the last few days i've spent building a log um a log store which i'm going to use to cure some wood for two years but it's slowly weaning yourself off everything that they provide because ultimately that's the only way you're going to be able to say no thanks like how are you you know if you, if you don't take a jab to get your qr code to get online how are you going to do it and and yeah, it's, it's a big question and it's not an easy one to answer, but you've just got to do what little you can with what you've got and and you can't fix the world, but you can fix small things. And if one thing that I do inspires someone else to do something else the same, then hopefully we become a self-fulfilling, virtuous ecosystem and the parallel societies and economies all emerge from that. You know, I'm just one tiny little insect in this whole alternative ecosystem that's being created because of this but it's up to us that are in that you know to start quoting prices in cryptocurrency to start talking about things in the price of silver or gold or whatever you know it's up to us we have to show we have to lead the way yeah for sure i've seen um i mean i've been in your telegram group for a while and just uh some of the things that you post in there it definitely feels like you're you're kind of living in that way that I think a lot of people aspire to. I, I certainly aspire to that. I mean, I'm not there now. I mean, I don't have a, have a property because I, I can't bring myself to go into the debt of actually getting the property in the first place. And I'm kind of hoping that this whole thing brings about some kind of crash in, in property prices so that I can kind of step on that ladder. But, um, you know, the idea of like growing your own food and things I think is super important, but, um, you know, just, um, going back to what you were saying about this this parallel economy and this parallel society like this is the kind of what i see as the equal and opposite reaction to the kind of totalitarianism that we've seen in society because i think a lot of people they they see it as a, as a one-way street that like we're just slipping down the road of totalitarianism and you just got to kind of grip on and maybe do what you can to resist but actually like um there is this equal and opposite reaction and my belief is that like decentralization is a much more kind of powerful force than centralization anyway like the people who are trying to get everyone on on a you know central bank digital currency and, and get everyone on the same system and put people on a social credit score that's actually much more of an uphill battle than inspiring people to live a more sovereign life and getting lots of individuals to just make some small changes to become um sovereign and you know, I like that this isn't a um, taboo, not not necessarily a taboo subject, but like it's not just the reserved for the kind of the crazies out there. And, you know, now the concept of growing your own food and things, the concept of, you know, providing your own electricity, the, the concept of getting off fiat currencies and things like that and, and using, you know, um, decentralized like open source currencies like this is no longer just the reserve for for crazy people. It's like 
it's brought in a kind of mainstream um, market. And I think that that's where we should take a lot of hope, essentially, is because, you know, obviously like, you're, you're a very, very kind of like prominent example of that. But many people are doing this just in very small ways. And I think that if we can just kind of keep that momentum going, then hopefully, you know, we will see a world um, where we, you know, not necessarily everyone's completely self-sovereign, but at least those values are there. At least people recognize the values and 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 think about that when they make a decision. Maybe people will say, hey, do I want to go and buy this thing from the store or do I want to buy some seeds and maybe grow this thing myself? I feel like that's more of a conversation people are having now. And um, yeah, that, that kind of give me, gives me hope. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've said it loads of times, like everything that's happening now is legitimizing these alternative views. So yeah. if, if you want to look for the silver lining, it's it's like there, I can have a conversation now with almost anyone in my street um, about the vegetables that I'm I don't because I don't really want people to know. But <laughs> the point is like, I can and it's not going to be seen as like this taboo subject. And it, and it will of its own accord it will become the bridge between the dying empire and the new one that emerges. It, it just will. It's going to happen. Like the, the, the Buckminster Fuller quote, I love it. It did so much sense. You can't change the existing reality, but you can create new models that may make the old models obsolete. And that's, that's what all of this is doing. And to your point of decentralization and localization, that's where it is. That's the answer. And more and more people are realizing that the problem that I am experiencing and I'm seeing myself is, is the organization, the infrastructure, and just the, the places to go and not quite there yet. So that's why I'm always encouraging people to, to get on the freedomnetwork.co.uk, go and have a look at freedomcells.org, go and have a look at Stand in the Park, all of these things that can help you facilitate real world connections. And then it just takes two or three people to get together and, and do a small thing that results in good value. Then other people can see that and, and, and kind of join in. But it's like anything like, you know, product, product life cycles. There's the early adopters, you know, it's like a product life cycle curve. It's almost like the, the WEF system is a product that they're trying to sell. So you've got like these, but at the same time, the alternative life, the self-sufficient life, the, the decentralized life is a product that we have to sell. So we've got us, like me and you, in that early adopter phase. And like, there's this huge battle for which product we're going to choose. Are we going to choose the AI product or this, this meaningful, you know, value-driven product? And it's, it, I don't know where it's going to go, but I, I, you know, it, it is up to us to just show, show, lead by example. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if society now is at this kind of fork where one fork leads to, you know, possibly um, possibly irreparable totalitarianism, right? Once everyone's on the CBDC and, you know, someone's controlling that, it's almost like how can you ever then come to a point of resistance? Because it's like, well, you know, you, you uh, like even if you try to resist, you just get shut off and things. And then the other road leads to this, system whereby you're impossible to control like you know you are living your life in a much more kind of like self-sovereign way and you're not relying on any kind of centralized institutions or third parties and things and um yeah like it's good to see that this other fork is now actually starting to get a bit of footfall and um yeah like i just really hope that will continue and i think that i guess my my hope here 
is that we can get that movement off the ground um, before it becomes way too difficult. Because it's almost like, you know, if you're going to get people kind of growing their own food and things like it takes a bit of time to um, to be able to set people up in that way. And it's kind of like, we don't want that happening so late that it's like, okay, well, you know, now, now it doesn't have enough time to, um, I guess, reach escape velocity. Yeah. You know, it kind of needs to happen as a safety net now. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's great that you're kind of like educating people uh, about that kind of thing. So is that what, the, is that what Born Bright um, is about? You're just kind of educating people how to become more self-sovereign? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, m- more than anything, it's really just a place for people to go. And there's a community forum on there, which hopefully will become a place of resource sharing for people that are that are in a situation that don't have land and that can just learn small things that can take them to a place of some level of self-sufficiency you know it doesn't need to be food growing there's many other ways like just the monetary system like just buy stuff in crypto like i mean that that that's a good way to pull yourself back from their system uh, healthcare like there's so many di- like imagine everything in the world now needs an alternative solution yeah. the opportunities are vast for anyone who can see what's actually taking place here you can go into any industry any skill any profession and offer it in an and take payment in crypto gold silver and you will have a ready market like it it, it just takes people to do it and to, to 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 take that conversation to the table you know like to, to actually speak about it openly so it's not like a hidden a taboo subject um so yeah that's that's kind of where where i hope thing well i just i I know it will happen i know it will yeah nice nice yeah that's uh that's really good i love um i love the kind of uh, positivity you always you always bring to these things i know that it definitely uh you know uh inspires people and just just even the fact that you've got so many people like in your telegram group and watching your videos and stuff is is really great so one thing i wanted to add which i which i forgot to mention it's that it's not called uh, the remnant. I always get this wrong. It's actually called Isaiah's job. I S A I H Isaiah Isaiah's job. It's something like that. It's, not, it's on the Mises website, but um, I always call it the remnant because it mentions it a lot. But that's not actually what it's called. So I'll put it in the show notes if I actually remember to do it. All right, because <laughs> the remnant is the bi- biblical reference to the hundred and forty-four thousand, isn't it? The hundred and forty-four thousand children of israel or the children of the where the tribes split and these hundred and forty four thousand, the remnant will be immune to the effects of the the mark of the beast and the whole uh, apocalypse that i think that that was my reference of the remnant oh okay yeah i mean i haven't actually heard that so that's interesting i um yeah I, i'm gonna look into that i wasn't sure where the remnant had come from or whether this story had kind of like coined that term but yeah, I'll, I'll look into yeah. that. I'm um, sure that's that's one of the references. But anyway, just to start um, rounding things off, I'm sure that most people are going to know you already because you're pretty popular out there in the community. But um, you know, just kind of like where they can find you, where they can you know keep up to date with what you're doing, um, and also just a kind of any kind of like final parting message that you have just to close things off. Yeah, well, I must apologize for the Telegram stuff because I don't really go in there as much as what I used to. Um, so, you know, there's, there's not as much happening in that was kind of the exit strategy for Twitter when they wanted to censor everyone. Um, but but really, the, the, I do post videos in there when, when, I, when I do them. Um, but yeah, the, the best place to stay in touch is probably Twitter for the moment because it's 
quick, sharp, I mean, whatever. But the the, the real best place would be the mailing list, which I think I counted the other day. I sent I send an email out now once a week, or I try to, and I think for the last 21 weeks, an email has gone out without fail for 21 weeks trying to just spread the news that it's not all bad. Yeah, and aside from that, there's the Born Bright website. And on the Born Bright website, bornbright.com, there's a community button in the top right corner. If you click that, that will take you to a forum, um, which there's, uh, I think there's a, there's about 350 people in there now all looking for ways to become more self-sufficient. And it's my hope that people with experience who are trying things in real life can share their stories in there because it's a slow moving format than like Telegram, you log in and there's a thousand messages that you want to read and you just can't read a thousand messages. Whereas if it's in a, a kind of a forum, it's a bit old fashioned, but it's stable, it's it's static. You can search for something and find the answer hopefully quickly. And I, I envision uh, between now and 2025, that will probably grow into something a lot larger. So that's really the best place to stay in touch. But the ultimate place is the mailing list because whether they shut me down here, there, or wherever, I will at least be able to get an email out to people. And and I, it's not even about me promoting anything. It's just a, creating a place where people can meet because I recognize that it's on you. Like it's not on me. It's on, it's on me and it's on you. You have to do your thing. As for pardon messages to wrap it up, um, the one thing that I want to leave with is that whether it is chaotic energy or divine intervention at some point in time before you were here, something turned you into something from nothing. So the question is about jurisdiction and reclaiming that knowledge, remembering that that energy came from something, because aside from that, everything else is man-made bullshit. Like you are only mandated by heaven or God or chaotic energy to do four things in your existence. That is to eat, sleep, breathe and move. Everything else is noise and we seem to have forgotten that. So if we can remember that we come from this divine spark of energy, that then removes all requirement to be reliant on these third parties. Wow, love it. Thanks so much, Seb. You're welcome, mate. Thank you. Thank you.